Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, welcome to Believer's Church. Welcome to our one-time message. I'm titling this The New Covenant. And for some of you, you may not understand the whole idea of covenants. So I have a tool for you. And uh, we're going to look at a video here, just a short video. But uh, here's the tool. It's, it's from thebibleproject.com. And there's a sister to that, an app that's called Read Scripture. Someone made my, brought this to my attention maybe four or five months ago. And the first time I got on, I was so blown away. These are theologians who make it really simple. So they have a video, sometimes two or three videos for every book of the Bible. And for the books of the Bible, they, they, while they're talking and they make it real simple, but it's deep and giving you the overview of the book, they're drawing like comic book pictures. And then when it's done, you see the whole thing. It's just amazing. And then they have subjects. And so we're going to look at the subject of covenant. And this they do in a little cartoon format. So uh, I want you to be able to use this in your everyday life. You will love it. It will help you understand the Bible way better. So let's take a look at the video on covenants. If you've been around Christians, you've probably heard of the idea of having a personal relationship with God, which could mean different things in the Bible, like having God as a friend, or your father, or maybe your teacher. But there's one particular way that the Bible talks about this relationship that you find all over. But strangely, we don't talk about it that much, and that's the idea of a partnership with God. A partnership like working alongside someone to accomplish a goal together. Right, and this is actually what you see at the beginning of the Bible. God creates this good world full of all of this potential. And then God appoints these unique creatures, humans, as his partners in bringing more and more goodness out of all that potential. But the humans don't want to partner with God. They rebel and try to create a world on their own terms. And so this broken partnership is the Bible's explanation for why we're stuck in a world of corruption and injustice and the tragedy of death. It's not like there's just one or two humans who have bailed on this relationship. In the story of the Bible, everyone has abandoned the partnership with God. So what God does is select a smaller group of people out of the many, and he makes a new partnership with them called a covenant. And in a covenant, God makes promises and then in exchange asks his partner to fulfill certain commitments. And the purpose of all of this is to somehow use this covenant relationship to renew his partnership with everybody else. Now, there are actually four times in the Old Testament that we're told God initiates a covenant relationship with Noah, Abraham, the nation of Israel, and King David. And it's through these that God is forming a covenant family into which all people will eventually be invited. So let's see how these work. The first one is with Noah. So in this story, God has just brought the flood to cleanse the world of humanity's corruption. And Noah and his family are the only ones left. And so God makes a covenant with Noah saying, listen, I know that humans will continue to be evil, but despite that, I'm not going to destroy it like this again. Instead, the earth will be this reliable place for us to work together. Great, so what does Noah have to do? Nothing. And that's what's so interesting about this first covenant is that God is promising to be faithful even though he knows humans won't be. The next time we see God make a covenant is with a man named Abraham. God chooses him, promises to bless him, give him a large family, lots of land where they can flourish. And in return, God asks Abraham to trust him and train up his family to do what is right and just. And the whole reason for this covenant is God says that somehow he's going to bring his blessing to all families of the world through this one family. So that's Abraham. 
The next time we see God make a covenant is when Abraham's family grows into the tribe of Israel. And this covenant is with the whole tribe. God asks them to obey a set of laws, which are these guidelines for living well as a community of God's partners. And if they do this, then God promises to bless them and that they will become a people who then represent him to the rest of humanity. That's the covenant with Israel. The last covenant is with King David. Yeah, the tribe of Israel has become this large nation ruled by David. And God asked David and his descendants to partner with him by leading Israel in obeying the laws and doing what is right and just. And God promises that one day, one of David's sons will come and extend God's kingdom of peace and blessing over all the nations. So those are the four covenants that God makes in order to restore his partnership with the whole world. But here's what happens. Israel breaks the covenant. They worship other gods, they allow horrible injustice, and so they lose their land and are forced off into exile. So it seems hopeless. But during this time, Israel's prophets talked about a day when God would restore these covenants in spite of Israel's failure, somehow. Yeah, they called it the new covenant. And this is actually what's so interesting about Jesus is that he's introduced into this story as the one who fulfills all of these covenant relationships. We're told that he's from the family of Abraham and so he will bring the blessings of that family to the whole world. We're told that he's the faithful Israelite who was able to truly obey the law. And we're told that he's the king from the line of David. And so he goes about extending God's kingdom of justice and peace to all. And that's really remarkable for one guy. Yeah, and what it highlights is perhaps the most surprising claim of all made about this man, that Jesus is no mere human, but rather God become human. And God did this in order to be that faithful covenant partner that we are all made to be, but have failed to be. And so through Jesus, God has opened up a way for anyone to be in a renewed partnership with him. So Jesus calls people to follow him and become part of this new covenant family. And despite their failures, Jesus is committed to making them into partners who are becoming more and more faithful. The story of the Bible ends with a vision of a fully renewed world, full of goodness and peace. And there's this renewed humanity there, partnering together with God to expand the goodness of his creation. And so the end of the Bible story is really a new beginning. It's incredible, and the tools on there are absolutely incredible. So there's two main covenants in the Bible. You saw four in the Old Testament. The main one is the law of Moses, or we call it the Old Covenant. About 80% of your Old Testament is all about that Old Covenant. So we're in a new covenant. That's the New Testament, right? And when we read the Old Testament, which is so precious and so awesome and full of principles and, and some of the commands, the moral commands, we're, they're still applicable to us today. We just fulfill them with the help of God, with the Holy Spirit who comes in us when we accept Christ as our Savior. But there are such differences, and I just thought we'd have a lesson where we talk about that, and I just wanna begin with my big idea. This is what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever, and it just goes like this. The new covenant is a superior covenant. It's absolutely superior. So it's kinda like the Cleveland Browns on paper, how they're superior to the Pittsburgh Steelers this year, right? And I had a lot of Steelers fans come at me after service last night. But of course it's on paper, we haven't played a game, right? And this is when Cleveland Browns fans can trash talk before we play a game, right? But on paper, if you look at us, better wide receivers, a young, just incredible quarterback that we have, incredible defense. And so if you look at us on paper, we're superior. 
But guess what? None of that matters. Here's what matters. Our covenant is for sure. No argument, no debate. It is a superior covenant to the old covenant. And we have to understand not only is it superior, it's different. So I want to help you see that, but let's look at a scripture. Here it is. It's, it's Hebrews 10, and, uh, or Hebrews 8 and verse 6, and it reads like this. But in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as, is as superior to there. So Jesus is our high priest. He received that ministry. He's referring to the priest of the old covenant. It's as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is mediator is superior to the old one, since the new covenant is established on better promises. So we have this superior covenant. It's so different. You know, the old covenant, the Bible says, is obsolete. It's fading away. Its purpose was to show us we were sinners and we need a savior. And now we have this incredible new covenant. Did you notice it says it's built on better promises? So I thought I'll show you two of the better promises. And then I want to show you two rules changes so that when you and I read the Old Testament, because I love the Old Testament, it is amazing. When we read it, we're able to decipher and understand, well, these are principles. This shows us what God thinks and so on and so forth. But some of it's covenant rules. It's about that old covenant. We have a different covenant. So we want to understand that and we surely want to understand our covenant. So here's the first promise that is so superior and it goes like this. The new covenant has a superior sacrifice. And this is really important. In the old covenant, the priest had to sacrifice daily, daily. They had to do these animal sacrifices. And all they did was cover the people's sins. They didn't deal with it, just covered it. Once a year, that high priest went in for a special sacrifice. Jesus was the sacrifice. And he just made one. And it's so superior. It changes everything in our lives once we accept him as Savior. Listen to Hebrews 10, verse 11. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day. That's important. He's standing day after day, offering the same sacrifice again and again, which can never take away sins. So he's setting this up for what Jesus did. Listen to verse 12. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all times. It's just a once and forever sacrifice for your sins. Listen to this. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. So Jesus is sitting in this place of honor. We know that anybody that sits at the right hand of God or a king back in Bible days, they had complete authority over the entire kingdom. So all authority has been given to Jesus. He's our high priest. It's just amazing. But if you were Jewish living in Bible days, this was written to the Hebrews, which it was written to born-again Jewish people. And so there's a lot of types and shadows and terminology that, that Jewish people would understand during Bible days that we don't understand when we read it. There's, there's also a nugget in here that's so amazing. When the Jewish people read this, they were so excited. And here's why, guys. Here's why, TCI Borman, because they knew something we don't know. In Bible days, under the Old Covenant, they had what was called the Sanhedrin. It was made up of 70 men. And if you did something wrong or there was a dispute, you had to go before the Sanhedrin. And they were like a court. They were going to uh, give you a judgment or tell you you're not guilty. And here's what they knew. On one side of the Sanhedrin, on the left-hand side, there was a scribe that, that sat. 
And then on the right hand, there was another scribe. So the scribe on the left hand, he gave the condemnation. He gave the judgment. If they were guilty, the guy on the left-hand side would talk. And he would say, you're guilty. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You're going to be stoned, excommunicated, whatever it is. This is your punishment. So they knew the scribe on the left always gives the punishment. But the scribe on the right hand of the Sanhedrin, guess what they did? They gave the acquittal. And if they spoke, they always said, not guilty. And so if you were standing before the Sanhedrin and the scribe on the right hand would speak, they'd say, not guilty. And because Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, he is the one that's giving you an acquittal. If you accept him as Lord, here's what he's saying to you, not guilty. Why? Because you're perfect? No, because he took all your sins upon himself. God's wrath came on him. The wrath that would have came on us, it came on him. And when we accepted Jesus, it was kind of like going into Noah's ark, right? We're, we're not guilty. Does that mean we just live crazy sinful lives? No. I don't believe you can ever live a free life and grow in purity until you come to understand you're not Guilty. Let me show you another verse connected with this, guys. Hebrews 9.27. And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment. So every person on planet Earth, after we die, there'll come a time where we stand before God. Uh, if you're not a Christian, you stand before uh, the great white throne judgment of God. And if you're a Christian, you stand before the uh, judgment seat of Christ. And for us Christians, that's exciting. We will have to answer to God for how we lived our life, and that's where God will reward us if we lived for his kingdom. It's going to be exciting for the majority of us, and the Bible talks about this in 1 Corinthians. It says, if you didn't live for God as a Christian, all of your works that weren't, you didn't do anything for God, they're all going to be burned up, but it says you'll be saved because of Jesus, and, and you, don't, you don't go to heaven by your works, and so you have to ask yourself this quick question. If a Christian committed a sin, and then a second later, before they could repent for it, they died of a heart attack, what would happen to them? What would happen to them? They never had a Do you think they'd go to heaven? Yeah, they'd go to heaven. Why? Jesus paid the price. So listen, listen to this, guys. Listen to this. He says, we die, and then there's the judgment. Listen to the very next verse, verse 28. So also Christ was offered once for all times as a sacrifice to take away the sins of the many. Now the many is referring to those that accept him because he died for the sins of the whole world, but the many would be the Christians. So listen to what it says. He died once and for all times as a sacrifice took away the sins of, the, uh, of many people. And then it says this, he will come again. Now notice, whether you go to him or you, you're alive when he comes, he'll come again not to deal with our sins but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him, those that accepted him as Savior. I don't know about you, but I'm excited when I go before God. It's not for him to deal with my sins. If I've accepted him as Savior, my sins are washed away. Now, does that mean, again, is that a pass for me to live like the devil? No. You'll never live holy till you understand this. So I want to ask you a question. You guys ready? Our covenant is a superior covenant. Are you excited about our superior sacrifice? And can we just say thank you, Jesus, for that sacrifice? It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Here's the second promise. You ready? Uh, the new covenant gives us superior mercy. And the old covenant didn't have any mercy, you know. It was an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Stone them. They sinned. Boom, boom, stone them. I, I would have been dead a lot of times under the old covenant. As would most of you, right? 
No mercy. Our covenant has mercy. Listen to Hebrews 4.14. But Jesus, the son of God, is our great high priest who has gone to heaven itself. So in the Old Testament, they had earthly high priests. They went into the replica of the throne room of God, which was the temple. Jesus is up there with God. He's your high priest. And what's he doing up there? To help us. Therefore, let us never stop trusting him. Listen to verse 15. This high priest of ours, Jesus, understands our weaknesses since he had the same temptations we do, though he never once gave way to them and sinned. So Jesus always existed. God the Son came into a human body. He has faced every temptation you and I could ever face. This is dealing with sin, this particular context. Everything you ever faced, he faced. Now, we fall many times and we give in, but guess what? He understands our weaknesses. He understands what it's like to be a human being. And God knows, he knows if we could just understand we're in Christ and, and our sins are washed away and the sacrifice cleansed us, all of us would live different if we could see the truth. And he knows where all of our hangups are and all of us have certain sins that we keep falling into. And here's what's so exciting, guys. His mercy is so superior in this covenant that we have for him. So we go to him and listen to this, verse 16. So let us come boldly to the very throne of God. That's just in prayer. And listen to come boldly. Can you come boldly if you don't know that he sacrificed himself and your sins are washed away? You'll never go boldly. You go boldly because you know, I have a high priest who suffered and was tempted in every way. He never sinned, but he knows. And we go to him boldly and look at what the Bible says and say, or, and stay there to receive his mercy. Mercy is, hey, hey, I'm not gonna punish you for that. Hey, you're not gonna be punished. And we just go to him. And when I go to God, if I sin, if I make a mistake, I always say, Father, I sinned again, forgive me. Father, I did this. And I say that, I know I'm forgiven. I just do that to cleanse my conscience. And I just say, man, I missed it, I'm sorry. And, and I know I'm already forgiven. But then I know there's mercy and there's mercy for you and there's mercy for us. And notice what else, not only mercy, I'm not gonna punish you for it, listen to this, and to find grace to help us in our times of need. Now, you can go to God for anything, but this is just dealing about sin. And man, sometimes we just go to God and say, Lord, this thing, I just, I can't kick this thing. Doesn't everybody have certain problems we just can't kick? You just go, God, I can't kick this thing. And I've done that with some things for years. And I just say, God, I am so sorry again. I can't kick this thing. I said something I shouldn't have said again. I reacted a way I shouldn't reacted. Whatever it is, God, forgive me. And, and I know I'm forgiven. Understand that, but it's just to cleanse the conscience. But then I cry out, Lord, I need grace. That's God's ability that supersedes our ability Give me your grace. I say, God, show me what I can't see. What's wrong with me? What's my trigger? Help me see it. And guys, it's amazing how God will begin to grow us when we understand this incredible truth. And I know I did this once, but I wanna do it again. Are you excited about the mercy of God and we have superior mercy? Can we give it up one more time? I think we should celebrate that, right? So I wanna take a moment and talk about rule changes. <laughs> There's different rules under the old covenant and new covenant. And first thing I wanna do is just help you see it through an earthly example. And, and really I wanna ask you to pray for me because Gina picks on me all the time. And I just wanna show you how bad it is, okay, in this story. Um, my favorite dessert would be an oatmeal raisin cookie with vanilla ice cream. 
And if Gina sees me eat that, she laughs at me. And she says, it's not a dessert unless there's chocolate in it. And she makes fun of me. And then she says this, and it bugs me like crazy. She says, vanilla isn't a flavor. And I go, it is a flavor. She says, it's not a flavor. What are you doing eating vanilla? You're such a vanilla person. And she just gets all over my case. It's tough, guys. Pray for me this week, right? Then when we first got married, I remember the first time I noticed it, it blew my mind. Gina's a mixer. And uh, I woke up one morning and she had four boxes of cereal. We're newly married. Uh, four boxes of cereal on the table. I thought, I didn't know she could eat this good, you know? And, and then here's what she did. She took a little bit out of every box and put them in the same bowl. And it blew my caskets. I'm a purist. I've never mixed anything, right? And she pours milk on it. She starts to eat it. And I am, I'm honestly taken off guard. And I said, honey, what are you doing? She said, I'm eating my cereal. I said, why would you mix them together? If you want raisin brands, enjoy raisin brand. If you want alphabets, enjoy alphabets. If you want Captain Crunch, enjoy Captain Crunch. That's what I was eating back then those days. And uh, I said, just enjoy those babies. And then, you know, go back for another dish or have another one another day. And she just looked at me and said, I think you should mix. She goes, there's nothing like mixing. And we have this argument to this day, right? She just picks on me a lot. So God could care less about that. But listen, guys. You can't do that with the covenants. You can do it with cereal, you can do it with food, but you cannot do it with the covenants. It's gonna get you into trouble. And I just wanna show you two world changes, right? In, 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 in our covenant, there's more, but here's two really big ones. Here's the first one. The new covenant blessings come by faith, not by works. When I say blessings, I mean answers to prayer and you know, God giving and blessing us in our lives. In our covenant, they come by faith, not by works. In the old covenant, they came by works. I know if you read Hebrews 11, they did a lot of incredible big things by faith, but their everyday blessings came by works. That meant if they did everything perfect, God would bless them. Listen to this, Deuteronomy 28, verse one. And if we read this as a Christian, we have to know those aren't our rules. Listen to verse one. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands, that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all nations. Remember the old covenant, the law of Moses was given to the entire nation. It goes on and says, all nations of the world, listen to this, you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. So they had to obey, there were 613 commandments, they had to obey them with perfection, there also were decrees they had to obey, and if they didn't, the blessings wouldn't come upon them. Now, if you were to read verses three all the way down to verse 14, the blessings kind of went like this. God said, I'll bless your finances, I'll bless your health, and I'll make sure you're never in bondage. I'll bless you with freedom in every area of your life. But guess what? If you and I aren't perfect, it's not gonna impact us, and if you are perfect, it's not gonna bring blessings into your life. You living perfect won't bring blessings into your life. So we need to read this, draw from it. But here's how blessings or answers to prayer, that's how they come to our life. Notice Mark 11, 24. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. Now understand, we find out what God's promised in our covenant, and then we say, Father, I'm asking you, to supply all of my needs. You said, I'll supply all your needs according to your riches and glory. And then you believe that he heard you and you thank him for it. 
That's how the blessings come into our life. Now, do we want to grow and become better in our lifestyle? Sure. But blessings, no matter how perfect you are, that's not going to move God. Your faith moves God in our covenant. Here's the second one, and they're kind of connected. The new covenant has no curse attached for disobedience. And you and I should be really glad about that. When I use the word curse, I'm using a Bible word. That's the way the Bible says it. And a curse means this. God said the curse would be aggressive, that it would chase them down, it would jump on them, and it would cling to them. So we live on a cursed earth, right? And we have bodies that are not perfect. So even in the new covenant, guys, without curses coming upon us, we have to we, we can have financial struggles, right? Uh, we can have challenges in our bodies. We, we can be in bondage to things. Now, that's, that's not the curse. The Israelis had that too. The curse was this aggressive thing that would just chase them down like crazy. And I'm so thankful you and I are not under the curse. But listen to what the Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, 15. But if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey all the commands he de- and decrees I'm giving you today, all these curses will come and overwhelm you. Do you know that this goes to verse 68? The curses were crazy. And it would be extreme poverty, extreme sickness, and they one thing come on another. Guys, whether you're perfect or not, God is not bringing curses into your life. Curses aren't coming into your life. That's Old Testament, and that's Old Covenant. And again, we can draw a lot from it, but I don't know about you. I'm, I'm excited about this verse. Listen to Galatians 3.13. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When you accepted him, you were rescued. It says, when he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. So do we miss it? Do we sin? Yeah. Jesus took the curse on that cross. He took it for you. And it goes on and says, for it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. So the curse of the law for disobedience, it came on Jesus. So we know this, guys, when we're dealing with issues in our life, that is not God, that is not the curse. When we read that Old Testament, we have to know that's a different set of rules for a different group of people. Our covenant has better promises and the rules are we're redeemed from the curses of the law. Can we give it up just one more time? Say thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Woo, I'm excited about that. This message, I like it so much, I don't need caffeine this morning. It's just awesome. (laughs) Guys, listen, listen. Let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes, let's pray. Father, I did my best to teach this incredible part of the Bible. And Lord, as we read our Bibles, as we read Old Testament, which is so precious and necessary to read, remind us of the fact our covenant is a superior covenant and it is different, it has different rules. And Lord, with our heads bowed, our eyes closed, we thank you for the superior sacrifice. We thank you for superior mercy. We love you, Father. And Father, we want to grow, but we're so glad, Father, that we, we can grow when we just say, hey, I realize what you did for me. And Father, I ask you to help me grow in purity in every area of my life. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I really believe God's ministering, taking guilt and shame off of some folks and just stay in that attitude of prayer. I really believe God has broken through into some of your lives and some of your hearts to where you can have 
this incredible, bold relationship with God because you know he loves you and you know Jesus paid the price for all your sins and the curse came on Jesus, so it's not gonna come on you and you are a child of the living God. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Now maybe you're listening and you're not sure if you're forever. You're not sure if you were to die, if you go to heaven or hell or is, you know, how do I get into this new covenant? How, how do I become part of this new covenant? Well, Jesus said this. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to God unless they come through me. He said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. I love what Romans chapter 10 says. Listen to this. We're gonna do this in just a moment. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You'll enter into that covenant. Your sins will be washed away. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, I'm not asking you to join a religion or a church. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life when out of your mouth you said, Jesus, you are Lord. I believe you died for the sins of the whole world and I accept you as my savior. Can you remember that day? You may know him intellectually, but can you remember a day from your heart where you submitted to the incredible Lord Jesus Christ and accepted him as your savior? If you're listening and say, I can't remember that day, but I'm ready today, TCI, Borman, Warren, can, can, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, but would you pray right now with me? I'm just gonna pray a prayer with you. The rest of us, can we pray? Let's pray loud enough for the ones praying for the first time to hear us pray with them. And just say this after me. Say, Father God, thank you for Jesus. And this day, I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you're Lord. I confess your lordship with my mouth. I believe God raised you out of that grave. And this day, I receive you as my savior. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you prayed that prayer, miracles happen. Your sins were washed away. God gave you the gift of eternal life. It's absolutely amazing what just happened. You may not have felt anything, but it just happened. You know what else is happening? The Bible teaches us that Jesus, the high priest, Jesus, God, the son, God, the father, and all of heaven, if one person on planet earth accepts him as savior, they all begin to celebrate. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.